0: And an issue for all women.
1: Hello and welcome to this week's Sunday Chops. And do I have a treat for you. As it was International Wednesday earlier this week, it provided the perfect opportunity to have a chat with some men. So I grabbed at this one with both hands, ended up with a smashing one in each hand. So coming up, I'm going to be talking to two of the stars and writers of the superlative BBC sitcom Ghosts. Jim Howick and Ben Wilbond. You are welcome. If you're regular listeners, thanks again for joining us. If you're a newcomer, feel free to press subscribe wherever it is you listen to your podcasts and loads more excellent interviews will head your way. Until next time. Welcome to the Standard Issue podcast, Jim Howick and Ben Wilbond. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Hello, hello. It's a pleasure.
1: I was looking for a bit of Ghosts merch the other day for a small friend of mine. And I encountered an absolute ton of fan art Yeah, out there. And I just wanted to start with if you could tell me what the best, worst, slash, weirdest thing you've seen your face on. Wow. Oh, a,
0: a tattoo is for me is probably, I mean, that's not merchandise <laughs> really, is it? A tattoo. But we've all had someone tattoo us onto them. And that's terrifying to me, the idea that we're... My face is on their body forever.
1: Can I ask what body part?
0: Arm. Um, I suppose it's better than some, yeah. Ben's probably got more than I have. <laughs> I met
2: someone on Saturday <laughs> and she asked me and Larry, who plays Robin, so we were doing a thing at Comic-Con, which is the most incredible experience. I've never seen so many people having such a good time dressed as their favourite pop culture characters. Yeah. Anyway, there was a whole team of ghost fans and one of them came up and said can you doodle something on my pad I went oh, I'm, I'm terrible at drawing can I just sign it and she went yeah, yeah sure so I signed it Larry had done a little little Robin sketch and then on Twitter later uh, <laughs> she was uh, with her arm out going there you go got those tattoos I
0: went oh there no you go. Done. that's what <laughs> wow like, oh no you just done that wow instantly. yeah yeah uh, just, I mean the, uh, the it's, it's the fandom is me away. real." It it's away. interesting because there's no real official merchandise so everything is unofficial everything's official essentially and we love it you know i think we genuinely like we have if a fan does something that we particularly like i know that some of us in the past have actually oh, asked got... them to send it stuff to us you know
2: yeah we had that, that picture behind me my house yeah. is in that state but i just put that up basically there's a uh, an artist who, awesome. who's done all our heads yeah he's done he's done all our heads in a sort of um, grid of all the ghosts, and it's so beautiful. Blankety-blank.
0: Blank. Yeah,
2: yeah, like a blankety-blank. <laughs> and we asked, uh, we asked him to do a whole load of prints for us, and they're just amazing. My, I saw on Saturday, particularly, I was on t-shirts, bags, tote bags, it was like, what's going on? I was actually really? completely blown away, because I, you know, I didn't, I, I really didn't expect that sort of yeah. thing.
0: Anyway, yeah. You got a really cool one, Ben. Um, recently, I saw that which you shared with us, which was a Lego figure of every like oh, every yeah. character you've played, which is amazing. Oh my goodness!
2: I'm going, to, I'm going to show it to you now, and I know that this is a podcast, so you can't see. You, so oh, wow. you've got the
0: captain, the captain. Is that Julius Caesar? Is yeah. it? And yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's nuts, cowboy. Yeah. Wonderland, yeah. yeah. King Philip II of Spain. Yeah. <laughs> and Braveheart, and right? William Wallace. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's that's, that's incredible. Fun, yeah. So Kelly, Kelly Salter made those for me, and I'm yeah. going to send her a letter. So she may even hear this podcast before I send the letter. Anyway.
0: Well, I hope save you the price of a stamp, yeah, on, go. which is now about <laughs> yeah. five pounds. Certainly. But Yeah, no, we, we we love the merch, you know, and um, we 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 you know, we, I think we try and encourage it as much as possible, really. The the art,
2: yeah, it's 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 mostly yeah, it's mostly sketches and artwork, and it's lovely. Yeah,
1: yeah. now I know you're cool with unofficial merch. I decided on a butthole t-shirt, which I found.
2: Yeah, oh. Yeah, whole. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We uh that was That's a quite great. fun episode to do, thinking about their own trying to merchandise the uh to create merch for the house.
1: Yeah, I liked the idea of there being shit merch of shit merch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a never ending yeah. cycle. Yeah, it's meta. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, it's good.
1: Okay, niceties yeah. aside, lads, I need to ask you a question. You killed Mary. Explain yourselves.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a. Uh, that was a tough series to go into. Series four is a really tough season to get, go going to because we we talked with Katie and and she you know she d- decided this is it for me and it was like oh okay okay so then we had uh, the challenge of you know how do we do it and in our writing sessions last year we were you know it, it was a really sad thing to do but we had to come up with a way of it fitting into the show, making sure that. Um, yeah you know Katie was comfortable with it and a whole you know balance of things but it was incredibly sad and a and a really moving episode to write because then of course as we discussed it in the writing room it became a you know this lovely sort of theme for the ghosts to to settle on and something quite mm. satisfying about them all being ghosts and yet still alive and suddenly come face to face with grief and then having to tackle that in half an hour
0: It's one of the hardest things I think I've ever had to (laughs) write. Yeah, totally. You know, it's true. It's like it it became a welcome, um, a welcome sort of event for the ghosts. Really, like it was a problem for us in the room because we had to sort of change a few things round and and look at the sort of the series as a whole differently. But what it gave us was a monumental moment for. The ghosts to experience, and and the, and the fact that it's series four, the fact that we know these ghosts now so well, they sort of feel like friends to the audience. It was timely, wasn't it? Um, yeah, absolutely, mm. it was. I don't think I don't think it would never have worked really in any of the earlier series because we're still yeah. discovering so much about them. I think series four is absolute sort of pinnacle time for them to to have something like this to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Um, the idea that it was sort of layered. Grief was, I think, as a, a sort of a concept that we discussed in the room. Because the truth is, is that we've all experienced grief, and that is, you know, that's life. And we've all seen grief being dealt with in a in a in a particular way. And um, and that was a sort of a, a I think the way to kind of colour the ghosts, individual threads throughout the air. That you know Ben took that away and did and did a great job with that. And it really resonated with the with, with people, I think, just that element of the episode that every element of grief that we could think of, we were and able have to yeah. keep yeah. out and have experienced totally, like, yeah. And, um, it was a, it's it's actually... it was a really powerful thing.
1: What really struck me about it, aside from the fact that I spent a good five minutes thinking, well, how are they going to get her back? Which I think really does yeah. sum up grief because you mm-hmm. have this situation where where you mm-hmm. just don't believe it. But also, yeah. I, I have to say, the captain spoke to me because yeah. at times of grief, I literally just say, OK, let's write a list of really useful things I could do and make myself busy. I really appreciated seeing that. Yeah, that response to grief in there as well.
0: Yeah, I'm a captain, too. Like recently, at my, my, my grandmother passed away in the summer and, and I was just constantly making cups of tea for people and chores in the car, you know, driving around to the shop, buying milk, you know, for more tea.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's never enough tea uh, when someone when someone goes. You can't measure grief in any way. There's no metric for grief, so it's just how you deal with it.
1: What was interesting was, although it came as a massive surprise, when I looked back at the rest of the series, in fact, when I watched it again, you had sort of breadcrumbed it. We'd learnt a bit more about being sucked yeah. off, as it was. Mm. Mary had told her story. It felt much more organic on a second watch but it did come way out of the blue the first time.
2: Yeah it's one of those things where you're writing the series and obviously you know your episodes they have to be coherent. There is a story that runs through the whole series and inevitably those episodes bleed into each other. So yeah there was a kind of feeling of like uh, we knew we wanted before you know Katie had said I don't want to do any more and I'd love to be written out at, at this stage. We we were planning on having a you know our Mary episode. So, you know, it sort of all suddenly after a while it suddenly made sense. The whole series started to make sense. And it happens that happens every time, I think. I'm right mm-hmm. in saying, Jim, that, that there's a kind of yeah, there's a nice sort of identity, I think, to each series. But you know, this is this this yeah. it's all it's all part of the writing process and it's that's what's so fascinating. You know, we this is our kind of first real very detailed character driven work I guess you know we'd done The Underland before but that was very sort of cartoony and fleeting and it didn't go into such sort of (laughs) complex Mm. depths and maybe Mm. it's an age thing as well I don't know but it's it's, it's fascinating really and it's been you know it's been such a an incredible learning experience for all of us I I think it's um I think with Mary
0: like we always knew that we weren't going to be able to do her death. You know, it was just too violent and too mm. macabre, and and, and 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 yeah. We had to sort of serve her with a flashback that created, you know, what what gave her a voice. We already knew she had a a, a friend with Annie, a sort of a kin a kinship with her. So the idea that we've given birth to Mary as we know her mm. two episodes before the episode that we take her away is a nice little circle in the series. The idea that she's conceived in in, in episode two and then and then we take her away in, in episode four. I think it's kind of, it makes it sort of doubly satisfying that you knew that she's always, apart from in life, in death, she's re- had a reasonably happy time. Yeah. And she's got what she wanted being sucked off. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I mean, absolutely, congratulations for just continuing to make sucked off jokes because they are... <laughs> totally hilarious a couple of years ago I worked in an office a news- I was working at a local newspaper and one of the guys I worked with was he was in his sort of mid-40s and he was a proper straight up and down guy he didn't swear never told a sex joke none of that stuff and he came back after his lunch break and walked into the office and said wow it's windy out there I nearly got sucked off in the park <laughs> and everybody laughed about it and then carried on with their jobs and I just couldn't yeah, yeah. I could not get it together for the whole rest of the afternoon. I just kept thinking about John getting sucked off in the park. Yeah. <laughs> it's so infantile, but it's just so yeah. continually funny.
2: Yeah, I remember yeah, that's something when, uh, you know coming up. Well, when we when we came up with that, it was like that's exactly what Mary would say. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly what Mary would say. Yeah. Those uh, that so it sort it of came just, up
0: in the sort of In the room, we used to write in this little sort of house stroke office in Islington, and and it was really lovely because it was felt like a little family home that we were working in. That was for series one and two before COVID came. It was a really great place just to kind of be sort of fun and free with our vocab, and almost that was a situation where we sort of do we dare do we dare do that? I mean, it's funny. (laughs) We know it's funny, but is it just too just immature?
2: thing is the um you know bbc they, they have a list of stuff that you can and can't say so you know you can write it down and they'll go no you
0: yeah. say that out. you'll be surprised what you can get away with at 10 to 9 as opposed to 8 30 like that is the half hour that is yeah like you could probably get away with saying like crap and bollocks at 10 to 9 but you certainly could not say crap and bollocks
2: Maybe you oh, can imagine, right. there's a very, very smart individual at the BBC with a little list, <laughs> and they go, they go right, um, th- th- these are the things you can and cannot say. Before At 8.30, crap bollocks, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's just yeah. going
0: to a list. <laughs> got to go and see, I mean, got to go and see that person. It genuinely is the list. There is a yeah. sort of quota yeah. of what you can and can't say. Just make, and make ha- make and how, many of, how many of the things you can have, like you're allowed one C bomb, you know, 10 Fs. It's like a, it's like a kind of uh, a grocer's sort of shopping. It's like a shopping list of, of yeah. swear words. Um, <laughs> you know, the C-bomb being sort of high-end expensive.
1: Just go back briefly to Mary being sucked off. It has added a layer of sort of peril to ghosts that perhaps yeah. didn't exist before. For example, I think one of the things that most ghost fans would like to see is the captain come out at some point. Yeah, but if he does, mm. is he going to? Well, oh God, this is the worst use of it. Is he going to be sucked off?
2: I was hoping. Well, <laughs> uh, that's so, I, so, you're right. You're yeah. Absolutely right. I mean, the thing is, so that I, when we were coming up with this whole concept for this show, we kept thinking, "Oh, but this is great because you're, you, you know, in a sitcom, you have to trap your characters. You have to make sure they can't leave, mm. and this is the ultimate in making sure they can't leave." So. It does end up being a bit like a, um, uh, what's that famous French uh, existential play uh, about three characters. Badges. No, it's um, oh. week low. Anyway, three characters, they're trapped right. in a room and then they discover they're trapped in hell and you go, oh, oh, you're actually trapped in hell? Yeah, of course you are because you can't get out and you can't agree on anything. And of course, in that context, it was all about, actually, this is what life is like. You know, that's a very high concept, what I'm just saying. <laughs> yes, the show is about life and about you know these people not getting on and getting on and figuring out how to spend their existence when they know they have this eternity and they've always known that they could just go. But when it's, when it's suddenly happens in front of them, obviously that's going to, you know, bring up all these themes and all this discussion and, and it'll bring up the themes within the episode. And it, it, that's why it was quite good for, for that episode. It was also quite good for, you know, the series as a whole and, going forward you know it's like yeah there is jeopardy of course of course any of us could go at any moment it's the
0: ultimate jeopardy isn't it the ultimate jeopardy is 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 leaving the world and and the idea that we've introduced a sort of mortal concept to this the high concept supernatural Mm. story where the ghosts don't have relationships or jobs or you know there's no real sort of stakes and the ultimate stake the ultimate sort of monster in the world is death so our version of that is whatever it might be, and which is, you know, the same as death for, for, for lots of us. So it's the ultimate sort of relatable situation. Yeah. You know, the fact that it's a supernatural event makes it even more sort of, uh, sort of ramps up the stakes even more because there's no sort of health involved or there's no mm-hmm. real rhyme and reason to it. You know, um, it could just happen. And we don't know if it's because... They've let something go, or opened up, or yeah, sort of we de- deliberately uh,
2: deliberately kept that vague because we didn't got, we didn't want to get in, fall into that trap of the rule. There, there are rules around this because then you just sort of you actually box yourself in in writing terms. Mm. We did we just didn't want to we just didn't want to go there for the, what are the yeah. you know there are some rules but they're a little bit you know they're just for us the kind of like loose you know, yeah, writing totally. rules. But there's no And yeah, who back.
0: knows? I mean, you know, someone else, it's totally opened the door for someone else, the possibility of someone else being sucked off or, yeah. you know, all of them going or, you know... Um, all of them know, going at
2: once, maybe.
1: Don't do that. I'm just going to leave that <laughs> hanging. just to <gonna> leave that <laughs> hanging in <here. laughs> Don't do
2: that. <laughs> that's
1: my two pennies worth. Okay. All right. <laughs> so I was on Twitter the other day and I saw a picture of Pat and it took me a while to work out that it wasn't actually you, Jim. It was American Pat. Suddenly right. I was like, oh, what is that? What's oh, yeah. wrong with that picture? And it inspired me to go off and watch a couple of the episodes of the American one. And Mm -hmm. something really struck me immediately when I was watching it. And it's interesting because I think when people talk about ghosts, we talk about it being sort of like a a lighthearted, a warm. In the American episode of Ghosts, the Alison character, I can't remember what she's called, is injured in an accident. And in the British one, Mm -hmm. Julian tries to kill her. And it really struck me that the difference between the two that so I just wondered how you go about when you write stuff like that, how you draw the line. I
2: think so. I think Matt mentioned this as well because he's actually been out to to see the CBS lot and do, do an episode. But it's a very American sort of position, I think, yeah, in that they, you know, I think their characters have to be really likable. Otherwise, the audience aren't going to engage. Whereas traditionally, I, I think maybe in British comedy and British sitcom, you know, there is... I mean, I... I always approach it from a point from the point of view of character and it has to be real.
0: America has the network sort of demands I guess or wanted it to have a bit more of a kind of robust sort of family theme tone. And for us we we presented these characters in a kind of quite a 2D way to start with. So you had the sort of reactive characters of captain and and fanny you had the sort of kindly characters of kitty and pat and then sort of despicable character in julian and the most despicable thing he could do would be to carry out the obvious sort of plan to get rid of allison and mike and that would be to kill allison like which one of them would do that Mm. and so so going from that point what we've actually managed to do for the show is Explore each character and give people like Pat and Kitty sort of selfish and kind of troubled flaws, make the captain less reactive and give offer Julian a sort of softer side. So we sort of started out we presented these characters as as kind of 2D sort of monsters mm. and and have and pulled back since then. But we've always been interested. What's always kind of interested, and in, often what's been a sort of kickoff for all these characters, is the darkness. You know, we're 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 all really interested in dark humor and and, and um, horror tropes and things like that. And for Julian, sort of murdering Alison, that wasn't really a big decision for us. That was sort of the, the obvious decision. Pat's character started off me sort of doing a little bit about wouldn't it be funny if someone was shot in the neck with an arrow by one of his scouts which is insanely dark thing to do but it made us all laugh and and you know and the captain you know what we've offered with the captain is is a, a sensitive and nuanced story about living in a time when you couldn't be yourself and you know, CGS ghosts, like... you know, have a, have approached that, but in a totally different way. Like they, um, and that's fine for them. You know, that's fine for the tone of their show. We wanted our show to be a bit more sort of nuanced. Mm. I think.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. There's always a question about the the captain that he had to be. What was what was nice about it is like coming up with the the idea of this guy from the Second World War because I love playing those sorts of sort of, you know sort of repressed you, you know people in uniform who think they're amazing and you're just going, are you really? And then as we sort of like (laughs) dig dig into it, it was like, what, I I didn't have this exact thought, but it, 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 it sort of manifested like this It's like, well, what, if you were from that era, you know, what is the one thing that would be one of the hardest things to wrestle with? And then it just sort of, it just happened. Of course, of course, because, you know, up until, actually very recently and it's just it, i find it baffling but it's like that that was illegal mm. you know his his sexuality part of him his yeah personality it was against the law and i just yeah. I just i just find that concept so interesting in terms of a character. you know an actual bring it bring it to life in a character
0: what and what yeah. that means this nature um, is illegal. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. What well, you're feeling, your feeling is yeah. is against our laws, which is mm. you know, which is which is true of you know, uh, you don't have to look far around the world. Oh, and absolutely. Still, and then then we had to sort of like really tread the line very carefully about you know, this is not us making fun of him. This is us digging into that, but doing it in such a way that it can still be presented as part of a comedy. It's quite. It was quite mm. a tightrope but seems to fit in the ensemble.
1: Well, of course, they all know,
2: don't they? No one cares.
1: I have to say I love him. I, I genuinely love him. I think... I could quite happily be haunted by the captain because he likes all <laughs> of the stuff that I like. He likes boring history documentaries, you know. Yeah. He likes lists of things that he could tick off. And I think he yeah. I think yeah. I'm that sort of person that needs a kind of a gentle cajoling to do stuff. And I think yes please, Hannah is what I would need constantly <laughs> throughout life to just yeah. get me to do stuff.
2: I have a version for my children, not of the captain, but of a um of a drill sergeant I by- knew growing up is a scottish drill sergeant and i and i go and i say to them boys do you want do you want the drill sergeant to come out no we don't <laughs> well you've got to put your shoes on otherwise it's going to come out and then i come out as this cajoling right get your boots on get your packs on let's go, and go shut up <laughs> Yeah,
0: that was a lot a gentler
1: job. than my dad used to do it. <laughs> it was very much, I'm in the car honking the horn, and if you're not in it in yeah, five minutes, I'm driving Yeah, that's what my I'm dad to oh, wow. <laughs> get, get in
0: the car and beep. beep.
2: <laughs> that's hugely passive aggressive. Oh, yeah. Pa- yeah. <laughs> Just in that out of the car window. <laughs>
1: So Christmas special is coming. Obviously, you're not going to be able to tell us a huge amount about it. And to be honest, I quite like that because I'd like to just watch it, and you know, the same way that everybody else does, just on the telly on Christmas Day. So first question, is it Christmas Day?
0: We don't know yet. (laughs) They're hopeful. You know, for us, we've been out, we've always been on Christmas Eve. And I think that we are always keen to be on before Christmas. You know, I think that's the magical time. So either, you know, Christmas Day would be the... We, you know, we wouldn't want to be on a boxing day, I don't think. I don't know. I mean, we're happy. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I can't tell you. So,
2: suffice boxing. to say, um, it's it's an episode that I think is standout because sort of gently from the from the back row, I've been every every time we've been said, you know, that the BBC said, look, can you do a Christmas special? We going, can we do this one? And it's like, no, we're not doing that one. We don't. We don't. We haven't deserved it yet. <laughs> But this yeah, time it was like we've, let's do We've it.
0: sort of indulged ourselves. I this think year,
2: we can, can we indulge ourselves? Let's do it. Let's do it. So yeah. it, it's the it's the episode I always wanted to see.
0: Oh, excellent! And I have
2: to say, Jim and Matt went off and wrote that one. It's just fabulous. It really is. I'm very, very fond of. It. Yeah, it's a real corker.
1: Well, I mean, you did set the bar unbelievably high for yourself with that first Christmas episode, which managed to. And and I'm going to get onto this expression, capture the national mood, without without <laughs> intending to, in as much as it was written before we all discovered that we were going to be spending Christmas that's sitting true, on yeah. our own at home. Yeah, that's, that's, that's very true. Yeah, that yeah. is true.
0: That is true. Yeah, it, it, and it, that's it. it. It was double pointed because of, because of that. You know, when it came out, we weren't with our families. Yeah, um, the one yeah. thing we missed was the chaos I was sort of having a zoom I've been I was on zoom all day that day Christmas day to different yeah yeah like pockets Mm. no one
2: no one in the country was at parties or doing anything illegal everyone was being (laughs) perfectly like you know no one was no one was breaking the law everyone was just behaving so yeah it was it was that sort of time has
1: it left you with a pressure to attempt to capture the national mood no, um, you, uh,
2: no, I, I can't. You, you just have to. You have to be really true to the. Yeah, you have to sort of stop yourself from going off in that direction because you have to be true to the, the show that, and the and the set. If mm. that makes sense, yeah. you can't really. Um, and the com. I mean, I, I, I mean, yeah, and very much. If we, were to, if
0: we were to copy the national mood at the moment, I don't think it would be. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no. <laughs>
2: Um, it's more yeah, I it's think um, rather than
0: rather than sort of pressure of national mood I think it's more pressure of honoring the the standards of Christmas what it's about charity love uh, mm. tolerance patience yeah you know that is more of a pressure I think for us when it comes to writing a Christmas special and you know creating conflict in that situation you know so much of our Christmas is a sort of you know well if it goes wrong on the day we'll do this and it's just a day yeah but there's so much sort of forethought into if it goes wrong and i should get this in just in case it does go wrong that is what we sort of look at and that is sort of you know i suppose yeah. like everyone's everyday kind of christmas thoughts but added you know with sort of moral lesson in a way or a moral sort of fable hope, or something you yeah, know, like the homeless, think, uh, yeah the homeless uh helping the homeless and you know um family, uh, family 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 you know oh
1: that's so beautiful that genuinely <laughs> that was so lovely that second callback of that it was absolutely terrific
2: it was it was particularly fun to dig into the julian mm. i remember thinking when we were coming up with it that it was like oh great we get to see him in the commons we get to see him at a party with his you know with his trousers on uh, <laughs> yeah and it was just like really fun to kind of go I would, I'd love to do a, I would love to do I, a, a Julian a, an actual kind of like uh, something set in the '90s with Julian
0: but that's that's definitely my oh, favorite aspect of that. Um, that first Christmas special, Larry yeah. and Ben, I oh, know sorry Simon and Ben wrote, wrote that one. but yeah. the idea that it starts off in the commons with a, sort of this family yeah. family family, which is a sort of an empty platitude. That becomes a genuine sort of reality. Yeah. It becomes a a, a, yeah. Yeah. a a lovely, lovely thing. And and in the and in the first sort of one minute, he's talking about it, and everyone in the Commons and everyone sat at home watching is just groaning and eye rolling at this this phrase, this soundbite. But it's a lovely little echo. It, that's, yeah. I think that's the loveliest thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, fully agree. I still do the um, you know the way. Uh... Simon did it. I know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's so good. His excuse, boy, so good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Your variety of names for his hand gestures is also incredible. The question time. Yeah, we went and, through. We yeah. went through
2: a lovely, uh, a lovely list of those. Use you like know, thumbs is my favorite. <laughs> and when you when you see when you see politicians doing it now, yeah. you just go, "What
0: are you doing?" Yeah, yeah. they what's do it more with the, now. What's
2: with is the, the real... fist and the little thumb? Yeah you got a fist and a little bit of thumb pointing over the top because somebody, some media trainer said, don't point. Exa- point. Exactly that. Exactly that. People like people won't vote for you. You go, Ha-ha, guess what? People aren't going to vote for you anyway because oh, we will not going into
1: that. Yeah. No, I mean, agreed. It, yeah. It, it, what what, what <laughs> does body language matter when you uh, when you're sending people to Rwanda? It, yeah, exactly.
2: Sure. <laughs> When you
0: tank the economy, who cares That's about That's a good a T-shirt. A I'd buy that much. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just want to say one thing to you, Jim. Going back to lockdown, you tweeted something in lockdown, which is my favourite tweet anybody's ever put on Twitter, which, it, to be honest, is wow. isn't hard, given Uh-oh. the Uh-oh. amount of nonsense that gets <laughs> put on there. <laughs> yeah. It was about a week into lockdown, what? and it was a day of the week. I don't know which day of the week it was. I don't think anyone knew which day of the week it was. And you tweeted a photograph of a bottle of moe at about midday with just the words, fuck it. and I thought that's a man who's in the same mood as I am (laughs) talk about capturing a national mood we're like oh my god what are we going to do start start drinking the most expensive booze in the house
0: yeah that's totally it we did in fact we had a bottle of that was a a bottle of booze that was left over from our from our wedding so it was about sort of nine eight years old or something Mm. oh my god and it turns out you're not supposed to drink champagne, not supposed to keep champagne that long. No, I don't think you are. It tasted great. It <laughs> tasted great. But we just sort of saw it as a kind of uh, a fine wine mm. that we would keep and it would it would better with age. But turns out that's not the case yeah. with champagne. But it I think it tasted good to me. <laughs> it,
1: it reminded mm. me of that great scene in <laughs> Sideways where he takes that really expensive bottle of wine yeah. to McDonald's and just sits and drinks it there. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: It. Yeah, it's great.
1: Can you tell us anything else about the Christmas special, or have we exhausted that of what you're allowed to say? We can't. Um, we what, not really.
0: Not. I mean, everyone's involved. I can say that. I think it's thank fun. goodness. <laughs> the thing is, is that with the show, and this is for every episode, not just the Christmas special, is it so easy to spoil it because there's so many characters in each episode. Yeah and everything so it uh, is touched quite lightly as a result so one little thing can unthread something else and you can guess what's yeah. what's going to happen so i think uh, as ben said you know this is probably not not just because i co-wrote it but but the, it's our most sort of indulgent christmas special we've done and yeah. it feels like a kind of cl- a classic episode because of that and that's not down to me and Matt that's down to what we did in the room before we took it away and wrote the dialogue we've, we felt like we'd earned the right to, to make a classic Christmas special
2: I agree and that's what yeah. we've done the captain will call it a very full stocking, it's a very <laughs> <Yeah>. full stocking.
1: <laughs> Ben do you know if there's going to be mm. more there she goes because it's absolutely terrific
2: I spoke with David and Simon, our, our director, he dire- also directed There She Goes. And I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, but I think um, there was talk of it, but it was very much with question marks attached. And I don't. I, the, the honest answer is I don't know. But I was I, I was so thrilled to be involved with that. I really was. It's such a lovely show, so brilliant.
0: Yeah, it was great. Yeah,
1: so funny and so awful at the same time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is how all yeah. comedy should be. Yeah, well, I exactly, think. Yeah. yeah, the dark and the light. Mm-hmm. Your characters are so interesting because, while well, you can see that he thinks he's doing the right thing, he is such yeah. a dick at the same time. It's 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 a really thin line you tread there.
2: Well, yes. Yeah, so I um, we talked a lot about it, and we it was like, so how so who who is this guy, and. Um, it was. It's basically based on the writer's. I don't know. Should I? Should I be saying this? It, it's, it's based on a real guy, and he just said, "Look, I, you know, it, it, it's this guy. You know the guy." And I was like, "Oh yeah, that guy." <laughs> I've known Sean for years, and he said, "He said, yeah, look, I, I live next to this guy, and he's he literally was exercising in the garden when I was out having a fag and a glass of wine, and was on a pull-up." Bar. <laughs> said, All right, mate. It's going. I think what's so nice about it is it's like. Is like the juxtaposition of his his life just being so complicated, mm. you know David's character, but next door seeming so sort of light and fluffy and easy, and you know how you perceive life to be. And I think he is that's 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 the kind of guy he was. But just really nice way, of just kind of like yeah, everything's everything's cool. We're just sort of you know we're just going to play playground. You know, like simple things with til- you know yeah with children. But for 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 that family. Are the exact opposite. Yeah, you know everything is complicated. Everything needs to be thought through. It's such a yeah. It's an incredible piece of writing. I was so yeah. I I love being involved in that.
1: Well, fingers crossed, there will be more of it. Yeah,
2: fingers crossed.
1: And Jim, I have to ask you, since I absolutely just love all of his work, you have worked with Guillermo del Toro. That's yeah. really exciting. <laughs> Tell me a bit about that. He's not playing anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it's it is extraordinary when I think back to it really I mean it was it was 20 years ago this year that I worked with him 2003 actually no that's that's 20, 20 years next year Ooh. apologies um but hang on what year is it what year is this <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was extraordinary yeah I mean he's a, a, an incredible um visionary director and yeah great and, I don't think we I don't think I really understood that at the time to be honest because I was so young and so green and and um a fresh out of drama school and to be quite honest the, the the shoot itself when I did Hellboy it was um it was pretty arduous under rain machines um in a really cold Prague spring and night shoots for a month so we were filming this scene and for those who aren't familiar with the film this the this the pre-title sequence where um, American soldiers are sort of counter-invading an o- occupied Scotland, like a Third Reich-occupied Scotland. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, it makes sense within you know, the story. It kind of makes
0: sense in a sort of, yeah, I guess, you know, they did it with Guernsey and Jersey, so why not sort of like far reaches of Scotland? But yeah, as if that had happened, basically. And yeah, it was a battle sequence, you know, incredibly exciting one of my first jobs was was still the biggest job I've ever done so lots of explosions tons of extras um stunts and real guns and you know terrifying actually and I got really ill I got like hypothermia I was in under the rain machines for too long and sort of passed out and and woke up in a kind of clinic with like IVs in my arm and stuff and so, yeah, uh, um, working with Guillermo was kind of hijacked by my experience, to be honest. But he was a really nice guy. He was really laid back. He he would, you know, this was in the day where I took a sort of disposable camera because it was before we had cameras on our phones and I was taking pictures around the set, which I probably was not allowed to do at all, <laughs> but I did anyway. And I've got, I've got pictures here of, like, the making of Hellboy at home, you know. And Guillermo was happy to sort of pose and was really laid back. But there's one story that, I, that I've that i told the others and they know all about it now. And basically I was fired from a scene. So I had never fired a gun before in my life in a, I had fired a gun, but not in a, not filming. Mm. And um, I had this amazing moment where I had to sort of kill the bad guy or at least we think we killed him sort of moment. And I fired this hand pistol Guillermo sort of was on this ridge. We were in this quarry, and he was on top of this ridge with a huge speaker. And he was like, "Jimmy, will you come up here for a sec?" Excuse the accent, by the way. And he and I went up to the um, the top, and he went, "Jimmy, we got to uh, replace you from the scene because every time you pull the trigger, you look like you're taking a shit." <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. "What?" And he was like, "Okay, playback." And he and we played it. He played it back, and they played it back in slow motion, and it was me just. Every time, and he was right every time I pulled the trigger, I was kind of afraid of what what this thing what this this object in my hand, and that's not what a soldier does, so I kind of failed but hey, you know it was a it was a lesson that job a massive lesson. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I read a so, great yeah. story once about about <laughs> Tim Roth and Gary Oldman when they were making meantime the Mike Lee film, and they were both yeah. dressed as well Gary Oldman's dressed as a skinhead. And Tim Roth's, you know, dressed as whatever he was wearing, and
0: basically dressed as Graham Coxon. Yeah, exactly
1: yeah. that. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So apparently, Gary Oldman is is hit on the head and injured and ends up going to casualty because it's a Mike Lee film, and the whole time is is coming in and out of conscien- consciousness and saying, "I'm an actor. I'm not a neo-Nazi. I'm an actor." <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. What a time to be unconscious when you're dressed like that.
0: That's it. Yeah.
1: This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for both being on here.
2: Oh, it's a real pleasure to be to be on. I have a
1: ghost bingo card. I have. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm I'm ticking them off frantically now. Um, Lawrence. Oh, yeah. Lawrence has been on. Katie, Katie. The sadly departed Mary has been on. Um, and we have Martha on. I think for about series three. So I've only got a few more to go,
0: and to oh, get a full great. house. Oh, yeah, I don't know yeah. what I get when That's I get it. full good out. Luck get, but... Good luck getting Simon. Simon's like a Siberian tiger. We think like, <laughs> we think he,
2: um, either that or he lives in the quantum realm because it really hard. To, I mean, he lives down the road from me and I always I, I go, I was like, are here around, mate? Oh, sorry. No, I'm in um, New Zealand.
0: What? Yeah, I can't, I can't do that. He's a busy guy. Floating, I'm floating through space in a giant glass triangle. I can't do uh, <laughs> <come> to... it. <laughs> I'm
2: in the quantum
0: realm. Really tiny funnily enough,
1: we went to the Barbican it's really
0: small
1: I, I won't I won't take it personally because we went to the Barbican last last year this year i oh, time has lost all meaning to me to see reese Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton talking about inside number nine, and right. yeah. they were talking about how Great. almost all of you have been on it, except yeah. Lawrence,
2: Martha, and Simon.
1: you're in the very first one of those, aren't you Ben?
2: I am, yeah, it was um glorious shoved in a cupboard with
0: loads of a list (laughs) fabulous yeah Yeah. it was quite the cupboard it was quite the the cupboard cupboard. it's never been repeated on tv again yeah that's something that that we that matt ben and i uh are i think extremely proud of being part of that show yeah it's amazing
1: yeah they are brilliant
0: yeah they're incredible they're incredible i was yeah i was I worked with David Warner on that. It's funny because I've been mm. sort of, I've been, I was catching up over the weekend on sort of horror stuff. And I've watched a couple of horror films and I rewatched Mark Gatiss's fine uh, horror documentary. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Which you can get, it's not on iPlayer, which is a real shame, but you can watch it on YouTube. And um, I watched it on there and, and David Warner crops up a couple of times because of, um, I think it said tales of the Crypt or something. And, um, And The Omen, of course. And, yeah, I count myself really lucky that I was in number nine and was in number nine with him.
1: The the witch hunt one, isn't it?
0: Yes, that's right. Yeah, the trial, the trial. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They are a master of just making something, again, making quite quite pure old things really funny. There's a great bit of that where she talks about when her husband was at shit. (laughs) I don't know why, but every time it folds me up laughing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're great. They, I mean, you know, we used to watch them when we were students. Uh, well, I, when I was a student, I should say. Mm. Um, so, yeah. I was
2: a, um, I was a fully grown man, responsible adult by then. Jim. <laughs> Standard issue for all women.